Blog Talk Radio. Michael, y'all can hear me again. Brothers and sisters, thank you for tuning into the Five Don't Network. I'm Brother Seth, and I just want to thank you for your time tonight. Um, as I say so often, many of you are very busy, and you can be doing so many other things with your time. So we really appreciate your time tonight, brothers and sisters. And um, tonight, we're going to be talking about a book I'm writing, The Myths of White Supremacy. That's The Myths of White Supremacy, Our World covert ruling religion. That is the truth. So let me talk about that. I'll read the show description a little bit. I'm going to go ahead and, um, and play a little bit of music as we normally do. show kind of started, got caught me off guard, so I thought I would um, just kind of talk to you guys. But tonight, again, it's going to be a show that is going to make a lot of people think, you know, when we think of white supremacy, we think of these really radical um, um, pro-Germany uh, 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 those that really pay homage to Hitler and so forth. We, we really go, uh, we, we really demonize uh, white supremacy. And uh, we think that so many of us are different. So many of us are, are better off than them. So many of us are would never, ever uh, dare think the, 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 the foolishness of white supremacy. But, folks, tonight, with the help of the Most High and the knowledge and the wisdom he's given me, uh, not in just showing me that I was operating at one point in that uh, philosophy. But even today, as a man over 60 years old, I still am in and out of it because, brothers and sisters, it is what we are made out of in America. It's not just some fluke, uh, some some of these uh, young people that we see misguided, we think is so misguided. No, brothers and sisters, this is a way of life. It's a way of thinking. And a lot of us have ascribed to it and don't even know it. And I mean, um, I've got a few things I'm going to share with you hopefully tonight where you can actually test yourself and see if these things be a part of you. And I, if, if you if you do the test and be honest with yourself, you're going to see that um, we're, we're in a sad state of affairs. Yes, the Father is on the throne. Yes, there's things to be excited about in this, on the, in this, in this earth. Uh, in the, on this planet, there's a lot of love going on. There's a lot of progress going on. There's a lot of optimism here and there. There's a lot of great things happening in our lives. And so I don't want to put, put out a show that's going to discourage people or make people give up or make people even remotely get people thinking in that direction. This show is designed to just expose a clear and present danger something that is more important than anything is going to handicap our relationship with the Father, most of us that are raised in this so-called place we call America. Anybody have educated America or in the West, as they call it, that include Europe Europe as well, 
we have a problem. And really and truly, it's not just America and uh, what we call the West or Europe, but it's anyone that has access to the media, anyone that have access to a telephone, uh, uh, excuse me, not so much a telephone, but a, a TV, a television, or the Internet, or radio, because this is the, uh, the way these tentacles of white supremacy reaches through those conduits uh, with the, the philosophies. And you can be far from America and be just as much white supremacist as you can uh, than these people that they often put on the news. So anyway, we don't want to get too deep into that. just want to just back out, start my regular, regular way. I always like to kind of grace the people with some little bit of music before we get too deep into the weightier matters. So let's just kind of all just enjoy this a little bit of Oceans uh, by Christ the, Christ the Fire Eye, and we'll be right back, brothers. So again, you've tuned to the Fox Network. I'm Brother Seth, the founder. Tonight, a special show. We're talking about my book that's coming up, The Myths of White Supremacy, Our World Covert Ruling Religion. We'll be right back.
close of the song. How beautiful the song. Well, brothers and sisters, that I love that song. Anyway, brothers and sisters, again, thank you for tuning into the Pastor Song Network. I'm Brother Seth, and tonight, again, talking about an upcoming book, The Myth of White Supremacy. The Myth of White Supremacy. The various lies, um, anything, any doctrine, any any um, any words, thought, or action that uh, is saying or implying that whites, so-called whites, are superior. We're talking about tonight. And y'all, excuse me, I didn't realize this song was over, and I was trying to get a bite to eat, and it ran out on me. But anyway, I'll just shoot just for a few seconds here. But brothers and sisters, listen. Why, you may ask, would you be talking about this topic? It's very uncomfortable. Um, it's, 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 it's very, um, it, 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 if we're honest, it touches parts of us. Some of us don't want to deal with. So why would you be on a blog brother said talking about this, especially you're saying you're going to be talking about it until this book is done. I mean, why? First of all, whatever we're supposed to be doing on this earth, we're supposed to be obeying the Father. That's the first thing. We're supposed to be obeying the Father. You're not supposed to be doing anything but his desire, his will. All right? And uh, brothers and sisters, a lot of us just not doing that. We're doing what we want to do, when we want to do it, how we want to do it. And we go into our lives a lot of times the way it is. It's because we are Lord of our lives, not the Father. We're his. Not going to argue that we're we're not here. Not only the Father can judge, but uh, a lot of us just really is the captain of our ships. And so, I believe with every fiber of my being that the Father has showed me over the years that I was practicing what the world called white supremacy, what many call white supremacy. And I've never admired Hitler. I never did the salute with my, uh, you know, hail Hitler. I never did the salute. I never did anything that traditional white supremacists do. That's what we what we call traditional. But the father began to show me when, um, and y'all bear with me, please. Uh, I'm by myself tonight, uh, by request. If, if co-hosts join me, it's just at their own discretion. I don't expect them to be on tonight's show. I let them know that Sunday nights uh, and tonight and moving forward, I'm going to be doing uh, pretty much a one-on-one. They can join me as a co-host, and, but I'm going to be definitely, definitely talking about white supremacy on Sunday nights for a while, all right, because this book easily can be over 200 pages, easily. And um, folks, tonight, Brother Seth is just going to be one-on-one with you like we used to do many years ago when we first first started this Fossil Song Network. I did shows by myself for many years. A lot of our shows as well listened to, might I add. So let's just uh, uh, just start it um, back up a little bit because, boy, I tell you, I'm just so 
anxious to get into this and just kind of jumping over some uh, things we normally do. So let me read the show's description because some of you know that I have the show on Sunday night. You just call the phone number and you don't know what we're talking about. So tonight we're talking about an upcoming book, again, The Myths of White Supremacy, Our World's Covert Ruling Religion. I went on to type this earlier since it's so many of you. This isn't an effort to glorify the lives of white supremacy. One more time. This isn't an effort to glorify the lives of white supremacy, disrespect so-called whites, or harp on what's wrong with the world. But scholarly work exposing pure evil lies of white supremacy that I believe is in every single person educated exclusively in the American system. One more time. This isn't an effort to glorify the lives of white supremacy, disrespect so-called whites, or harp on what's wrong with the world, but scholarly work exposing pure evil lies of white supremacy that I believe is in every single person educated exclusively in the American system. This isn't this isn't this evil isn't a so-called white people thing only one more time this evil isn't a so-called white people thing only many never espouse to white supremacy but preach non-stop black inferiority with their actions words or thought and again i have to repeat that Many never espouse to white supremacy, but preach nonstop black inferiority with their action, words, and thought. It's a shame. I'm sorry, excuse me. It's the same coin, brothers and sisters. One side defines the other. One side cannot exist without the other. And what I mean by that is white supremacy, black inferiority. Uh, if white is superior, what is it superior to? If black is inferior, what is it inferior to? So the doctrines that preach that blacks are inferior, the doc- doctrines that preach that whites are superior, is the same coin. You cannot have a people to rule over another people unless they buy into the fact that there's some truth to them being superior. Or let me say it another way. There's no way whites can rule the world unless so-called blacks bought into the lie some kind of way or else it would be a straight all-out war. And so the whites would have to take it by force. That is the only way they can rule. Some say, well, that's what they've done. Not necessarily. Not everything they've done has been by force. But... It's been willingly given up, kind of like Satan does. You know, he deceives, he lies, or he keeps you ignorant of some things, and because of that, we suffer because we believe lies, which is 100% wrong information Satan uses, and then he uses deception, which is part true, part lie, to control us and to give us his will, or he will keep us in the dark about knowledge, like the Bible says, my people perish for lack of knowledge. And this is one of Satan's tools, tools as well, where he just keeps us blind of many things. And then he could 
dominate and rule us. And so that's kind of the way white supremacy works. No difference. It's, after all, it's from the state themselves. I don't believe white people. Uh, I don't believe white people are the authors of white supremacy. I don't believe it one bit. I think they teach it. I think they uh, promote it. I think they, uh, you know, definitely they promote it. But I don't think that they are the originators of this philosophy and especially plans to take it throughout the whole world, the push to, to, to whitewash every single thing we know about life in this planet to whitewash it all, burn down uh, 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 libraries with the truth of, of of certain people, burn down, uh, burn down, burn down, burn down all types of educational centers. Uh, back in the day, this happened, and uh, like like Alexandria in Egypt, uh, just a lot of. Uh, of, of so-called whites going throughout the earth, uh, disfiguring images that would preach, uh, so to speak, or to declare these images would have in their original state before their nose got knocked off. These images, these statues would have declared who the people were, the original people of this earth. So when the white supremacists come in, those, again, those in power uh, uh, come in, because I don't believe, as you know, brothers and sisters, those white people who live stay across the street from you, they have no power whatsoever. Some of them, some of us have more power than them. I'm talking about those at the higher up, those that run out, those that run, those that what they call it the uh, can't think y'all bear with me, but I'm talking about those in power, for, for lack of a better phrase here. So what happened, brothers and sisters? They have to lie. They have to not tell the truth about how this earth was formed, who was on it, how the father looked, how the son looked, how the Israelites or the people of the Bible looked. Because the Bible gets a bad rap, but I promise you, almost everything on this earth has its foundation in the scriptures. Uh, the way America tries to run uh, just day-to-day operation of America has biblical roots. So... Anyway, brothers and sisters, uh, I was just reading the show description, got kind of sidetracked there. But that is so true. Uh, Again, I'll read it again. It says this evil isn't a so-called white people thing only. And I went on to say many, this is what I meant to read, many never spouse to white supremacy but preach nonstop black inferiority with their actions, words, or thoughts. It's the same coin, brothers and sisters. One side defines the other. One side cannot exist without the other. You have to bow the knee to white supremacy and offer it to rule you. Otherwise, it will just be a war. Okay, and there have been wars where people didn't buy into it and fought the whites and, and pretty much, you know, that's how that was. But the way the world in a lot of these uh, places where whites are dominating it's not a war. People have bought into the live white supremacy, and that's how they rule. Okay? And when I say that's how they rule, I'm talking about those in power. But keep in mind what's pulling the strings above them or behind them, the power that's behind a lot of these so-called white, our white brothers and sisters, uh, is Satan himself. 
spiritual wickedness. The Bible talks about how we wrestle not against flesh and blood, human beings that is, but against principalities, principalities. It talks about rulers of the darkness, spiritual wickedness in high places. These entities are what I believe or who I believe created this philosophy of white supremacy. And these evil spirits, I believe, infiltrate man's minds uh, with these lies and, and um, it, 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 these spirits divide man through race uh, based upon color. This social construct, I think, was straight up pure evil from hell. The, 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 the constructing of race based upon color. And so I think these evil spirits have humanity fighting each other. And that's where we are, brothers and sisters. So, um, yeah, uh, that's, what I, that's what I believe with every fire of my being. So tonight, we're going to be talking about, again, the book, the book. Um, uh, this book um, has been very hard to write. It's been very, a lot of obstacles have come at, at me. Uh, a lot of people is tired of, of hearing about it. Uh, relatives, friends, uh, it's just, it's, it's just, it's, it's, it's becoming very unpopular for me to even talk about it. But I promise you, if I don't do anything else, I will write this book. And so thus was this show birth, the Sunday night show. Uh, I'm not going to be promoting it with the other shows, the Monday night show and the Thursday night show. Just a little side road here. And I'll finish reading the rest of that promo, uh, the, the uh, show's description. And I see you. I think uh, Brother Kinwood is going to be joining me tonight. I think that's uh, his number there. But the king will the best you. You're gonna be riding with me as a co-host. You can press one. Um, but brothers and sisters, um, it's been a journey trying to write this book. It's not just like any old book, any old typical book. You know, hey, I'm just gonna write a book. No, 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 no. This is a stronghold. I am, I am, I am. Um, for lack of a better phrase, uh, description. I am upsetting the rulers of darkness by yanking this cover off of these wicked uh, entities that's using using white, powerful white people in power. They're just flunkies to them. These spiritual wickedness, these spiritual evil spirits, and, and this spiritual wickedness in high places, these folks are full of wickedness in high places. I'm talking about these spirits I'm talking about. They don't care nothing about no white man, so-called white man, which is nothing more than an African without pigmentation. They don't care about those people or so-called black man. They have a war that's been going on for many thousands of years in the heavenlies, evil spirits and good spirits, fallen angels and angels not fallen. This is heavy artillery. This is serious, 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 serious warfare going on around us, and we're sitting there looking at white and black skin. This, these same entities have, have, have uh, constructed a war with the sexes, male versus female, have us fighting over that. The same entities, these spirits have us fighting over uh, religion, uh, 
fighting, just killing each other over religion. They could care less about a Muslim or a Christian. These are wicked spirits that have come to divide and conquer. So I don't think for one second white people have the intelligence to do the kind of evil that they've done without the help of evil spirits. You remove the evil spirits, and you also move the most high, remove the most high who call uh, people from the north to carry out certain things he wanted. So there are certain things that the most high, I believe, allow uh, uh, to be carried out, and then there's some things that's, that's the most high didn't allow, didn't call for, that's being carried out on the Israelites and on on non-Israelites uh, by evil, wicked spirits. So what are you looking at when you're seeing pain? Is it something that the Father ordained, or is it something purely from hell? The Israelites being put in slave ships, the Father ordained it. He said this would happen. If you disobey, this is what's going to happen. So you can't say slave ships is demonic. It was prophesied this is what's going to happen. So a lot of what happened to so-called African Americans, I'll just use them for instance, because the enemy has a plan for all humanity, not just the Israelites. But I'm trying to talk about tonight white supremacy. I see how I'm jumping away. I just got off the show description that fast. So anyway, I'm going to hit that a little harder. And I see you, Brother King, with some definitions uh uh, show description I'll bring you on. Um, I went on to say, and I'll read the rest of this, outside of force, in order for so-called white supremacists to dominate the world, as they have, millions have to ascribe, or else it would never have taken roots anywhere. One more time. Outside of force, in order for so-called white supremacists to dominate the world as they have, millions have to ascribe or else it would have never taken roots anywhere. Success of this idol worship can be accomplished anywhere in the world with simply access to the world media. All they need is a TV, is internet, is a radio, and they just need to listen to to those people from the West. And it's over, brothers and sisters. These folks, it's, 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 it's more perfect than a war, than taking in tanks and guns and bombs. It's, 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 you can get people to bow the knee, these so-called white people in power, have gotten countries to bow the knee without dropping one bomb, firing one AK, taking in one tank. All they have to do is just listen to them. Just listen. Just simply listen to the people of the West. Talk about God. Talk about money. Talk about wealth. Just listen to Westerners talk. And when I say Western, I'm talking about American and European. Just listen to white folks, basically. Just talk. That's all you got to do. 
just turn on the radio, turn on the internet, and just listen, watch them, look at them on TV. Just, just, just pay attention to what they say and do, and you will succumb to white supremacy. I don't care who you are because they, under the influence of evil spirits, is seducing the world. So that's our show's description. That's what we're going to be talking about. I know I could kind of get into that a little late, but that's our show description. I want to go to the phone lines and bring on one of our uh, co-hosts. We normally, uh, as I've said to y'all, on Sundays I'm going to be doing pretty much solo unless one of my co-hosts want to join me. And it looks like Brother Kenwood Casper is going to be joining me tonight. Tomorrow, Monday, uh, and, and Thursday will be the big show, to call it. Well, we have about five co-hosts and myself, and we are going to be talking about current events. Uh, we will be, we'll, we call the name of the show, it's Hebrew Israelites on Current Events. We are the people of the Bible, brothers and sisters, and we will be talking about current events from a Hebrew Israelite perspective. Again, we, African Americans, I believe, are Israelites, and uh, we try to talk about the news current news from a Hebrew Israelite perspective. It's a little bit different because we analyze the news with knowing who we are as a people. It's a little different, trust me. Actually, it's a lot different, okay, the way we look at current events uh, from Israelite, Hebrew Israelite perspective. And then on Thursday night, it's open forum. That speaks for itself, okay? Hebrew Israelites on an open forum. That's going to be very interesting. Brother Kenwood Castleberry, your line is now open. Air code nine zero three two seven nine. Brother, how are you doing tonight? Oh, doing all right, Seth. It's good to be in, man. The June can't kind of wear me down, but uh, I made it through. Good to see you. Well, good to hear from what? you and audience. Yes, yes. Well, all welcome right. to the show, brother. What did you say wore you down? Uh, June King, the weekend, how exciting oh, yeah. and crunk and memorable it was. Uh huh. Yes, so, yes, yes. yeah, I had a blast, man. Well, Xavier, you was able to get out of and celebrate that, brother, because Juneteenth is no joke, brothers and sisters. Uh, uh, we should have, we talked about it last show, and of course, the day is pretty much over with now, but I'm glad to know that you was a part of the one of the greatest celebrations of all time, the celebration of uh, the end of slavery in America for the African Americans. And of course, Texas very late. And uh, we come up with this Juneteenth birth out of Galveston, Texas. And uh, it has pulled, it have, it have uh, uh, definitely uh, got steam. And now the, the President of the United States has signed to the bill, signed this Juneteenth bill, and now you got banks cooperating and lots of uh, Fortune 500 companies now honoring uh, this one and only um, one-of-a-kind uh, holiday. So, again, welcome to the show, man, and good to hear your voice. Uh, did you hear anything I was sharing? Did you have any comments so far on what I was saying so far? Uh, no, I kind of came in le- late, there, uh, Brother Self. But uh, the little bit that I did catch sounds like you're going real deep into racism and you're really kind of defining the origin of it and uh but i imagine you're on the right page if you ever want to uh educate yourself on defeating it you're you're, you're going for the right spot man 
which is the origin of it and uh, what, you know, at, at the source of what causes it and how does it trickle down from generation to generation. Um, to defeat the monster like that, yeah, you, you, you definitely got to dab into culture and a uh, little bit of everything like that, man, So on a spiritual level. So, yeah, I definitely think you're on the right page with that, bro. Well, I appreciate that. Have you been affected by white supremacy yourself? Uh, well, growing up in the South and in Texas, I can't, I I can't say I just uh, I have experienced a racist person, but I, I can't say that I just experienced it like my parents have. My parents went through segregation, and uh, that generation was totally different. Um. Not and uh, in a lot of ways it was totally different. Um, in her generation, there was always uh, 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 guys on the back of a truck throwing rocks, you know, at the students and things like that. But my generation, it was it was little tense situations, but nothing like my mom's. And so, but I never did uh, forget the things that she, you know, taught me about them. Uh, she did want eight in my heart. However, it kind of seemed like the white kids I grew up with, they didn't want that aid in their art neither. And uh, I guess it's Martin Luther King's dream kind of, you know, it was the truth, you know, and uh, we progressed. And uh, if, if I didn't succeed, it was my fault. I couldn't blame anybody but me. And so, uh, hey, that's that was all, yeah. Go ahead, brother. No, I just want to make sure you finish. Go right here, my bad. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, uh, yeah, so I met some pretty cool white guys, man, in my little journey. I'm 41 years old, and I have met some pretty good folks in my time and uh, real good buddies with them. Uh, I got some family members who, who married uh, outside the race there. And so I got a little, I got a real good taste of it, you know. And uh, definitely I don't have that hate in my heart. Uh, My journey, I discovered who I was, a Hebrew. And when I hear other Hebrews, I definitely hear a lot of that negativity and hatred. So it put me into this little box where I had to analyze myself. And I had to kind of like I seen the point they was making, but I also got my life experiences. So I'm kind of conflicted with that. And I imagine well, a lot me, of the audience the same way. Go ahead. Well, let me say this to you, Brother Kenwood, and let me know if you if I break up at all, please. It's very important. If you hear any, any of it, let me know. I'm going to submit to you tonight. To you and all the listeners uh, tonight, listening in the, in the um, on the line, as those maybe listening in the future, that I believe that you are a very good man, and that the people you're talking about are very good people, and I think that it sounds like you're a man that really is wanting to do right by people, very loving. Now. 
I want you to know because you know you are one of our co-hosts on the show, meaning that if Brother Seth, myself, pick you to be a co-host, not, not that I'm some great person, but I do try to pick people that's full of love and that's about something. So I cannot say how much respect I have for you. It's through the roof. I really respect you. Now, so when I say what I'm about to say, I don't want you to think anything other than what I'm saying right now. Brother Kim was just talked about some very honest, sound like law-abiding people. This book that I'm talking about, that I'm writing, I would, if I was a guessing man, and we have to take each case by case, but I'm telling you, Brother Kenwood, I know people just like who you describe me. I know people yeah. that love and they love me, whites that would give a right on for me. We talk about it. I know family members that would give a right on for me. There were people that would literally take their life and lay it down for me. And I want you to understand what the Father showed me. A lot of us, most of us, good people, I'm not going to talk about tonight's show and all of the shows on Sunday night. I did not want to talk about the extreme races. They get a pass. Anybody holler about white power, white power, kill them niggers. I do not want to talk about them for one second on any of these shows. I don't agree with them. I vehemently think they're dangerous. But I don't want to talk about them. That's not what this show is about. I want to talk about righteous, law-abiding, loving white people, the kind that bury blacks. I want to talk about black people that all they say is wonderful, good things about white people. This show is about white supremacy in all of us. If I start talking about all them hollering about white power and go home, niggas, and we built this country and all that, everybody will be like, we know you're talking about. We can't stand them either. But I want to, with the help of the Most High, show you, Brother Kenwin, and everybody listening, that most of us house this same identical germ. And I do mean most, like 90%. If you were raised in America... Think about this, Brother Kenwin. If you was raised in America, your mama carried you. She was practicing racism, and she didn't know no business. I'm not talking about your personal mama. I'm just talking about everybody listening, all of us, my mother. Let's start with my mother. She carried me in her belly, and she was under the spell of white supremacy, more like most blacks was, thinking that blacks weren't good enough and like the slaves thought when they got free, we can't go make it without the white man. And some of that was in my mother. Some of that was in my grandmother. You know, doubting your own people, don't want to be around your own people. Now, I understand when you, it's craziness, but I'm talking about when your own people got some sense. It's, a lot of us don't want to be around black people, even if they are acting right. So I'm saying if you've been, if you're, if you're in your mother's womb and, you, and she's walking around and saying things like nigga, She's calling somebody else that she love and care for, nigga. You niggas crazy. <laughs> I mean, call, you know, a name that was straight up birthed out of oppression. We call, we use it. Our parents use it coming up. Called us that many times. 
Now, this is how you was grazed up as a baby. I remember my mother telling us, y'all clean up these white folks coming over here. Now, I mean, I'm not throwing my mother on the bus. If you think about throwing my mother on the bus to prove a point to any of y'all listening, you're crazy. I'm not doing it. That's not. My mother was the one of the greatest females ever walked this planet. But I'm telling you, day in and day out, you can find things she would say that implies whites are superior. There were people in my same neighborhood, her, some of her friends, my mother's friends, that almost hated whites. Didn't have nothing good to say about them. But they still was practicing white supremacy. It could be why they hated them in the first place, because they think they're better. When you think something is better or different than you, you can't hate it. But it's hard to hate something that's just like you. One more time. It's easy to hate something that is either better than you or less than you because it's something different. But it's hard to hate something that's identically like you. Who hates themselves? I mean, blatantly, just straight up consciously hating. Very few people. So, Kim, what I've said a lot, just then I want to get you a quick comment that I'm going to go, because what I'm planning on doing with this show, brothers and sisters, I'm going to be talking a lot, and then I'll go to the coast for comments or not, if they don't want to comment or ask a question, then I'm going to go back. I'll probably go 10 minutes of pop or 15 minutes of pop, then come back and answer calls, and you're born that's going to be joining me on Sunday. Sometime it'll just probably be me, uh, which, which is fine, because Brother King was mainly co-hosting for the Monday night show and the Thursday night show. And he's just kind enough to just call us tonight. Brother Kim, I said a lot. Uh, just tell me what comes to, to your mind when you hear some of the things I said. I mean, I know I sound to some people a little cuckoo. I mean, I've, I've had been told all kinds of things over the years when I start talking like this. So what, what, what did you glean from anything I said? Did you glean anything from anything yeah, I said? Uh, yeah, uh, in some uh, circles, People would say that's black culture, that language. Um, it's like everything about us, we're like orphans. And everything about us, we take it and make use of it. Um, like with just music, you know, our music I came to be. Um, we didn't make instruments over here. We just seen the instruments that, you know, the uh, everybody, you know, other folks had. And when we got our hands up on it, uh, we, we were just, you know, we, we did our own little thing, and it just catches on. Um, we just kind of built our own little culture. And that language, that language was very common, brother. Um, we didn't say nigger with the ER. It, it became an A on the end of it. Uh, we kind of took that word and made it into a like our own little definition with it. Um, definitely a black person who's, uh, you know, clueless or whatever type of definition. Well, it's used several different ways. <laughs> and it's, it's very neat when you break it down. But that that type of language, what does that do to the child mind? Uh, that's something else, man psychology type of level um, because it was your generation Mr. Self 
that really kind of introduced that. And uh, my generation, yeah, my generation took it to a next level, but it's also in my generation that your generation and mine are both seeing that, hey, we ain't got to speak like that. So this generation coming below me, beneath me, we're we're definitely trying to get away from that word, you know. Uh, we're we're getting way with computers, technology. We are literally getting smarter, <laughs> and uh, and uh, we're we're trying to get away from that word, and uh, and we we're starting to learn that that word in uh, another language, let's say African. I want to say East Africa. It means king. Uh, nigga with the A on the end, uh, with a, that the accent anyway, it, it was a king type of uh, uh, language as far as the definition. Uh, so we're, we're, ain't that something? I thought that was me, uh, nigga, but it's like nigga. It actually means huh. some royalty of some that level. Uh, but I guess where I'm taking it is, yeah, that language that your generation brought to us, uh, we kind of adapted it and, and, and infused it in our rap and lyrics and took it to another level <clears throat> that we're not proud of. And we're seeing the damage being done. And the goal is to get away from it. But... Uh, well, yeah, the goal is to get away from it. Uh huh. Obviously, brother. Obviously, uh, brother, since it definitely goes deeper than just the name, but I did bring it up, and you just comment on what I brought up. But first of all, I don't think our generation brought it up, but I think it was it's much older, probably the twenties and eighteen hundreds, probably when they first started. When they first started slavery, I don't think that that word was back then, because probably it did, probably was a more positive word. It first was introduced because it probably was associated with Niger, no doubt. But what I'm trying to share with the Kenwin is this. Why don't other nations, other people, other tongues uh, do that? Take a derogatory term that their oppressors gave them and use it. I never heard of no, hmm. other, no other people on earth do that. Definitely. Right. Uh, whites have come into other countries of the world to rule and to set up shop and oppress people like they did the African-Americans. And whatever name they call them, you can't even probably find it out because they definitely ain't going to be calling each other that name. Let's just say right. they, went, they went into India and they oppressed the Indians and they called them names and they, you know how they... Gandhi really tried oh, yeah. his best to, he did a good job, but I'm saying, you don't hear no Indians calling each other by the name that the Europeans called them. That's true. You don't hear of no African country using the N-word like we do. So I believe this. This is what I believe, brothers and sisters. And it's just going to take some of y'all to really think about what I'm saying because it's going to sound on the surface uh, like I'm cuckoo. It really is. But you got to think of how psychologists do things. I'm not a psychologist. 
but I don't take a back seat to any kind of education that can be learned, whether you get the paper or not. And again, those of you that are just tuning in to Fossils on Network again, we want to thank you for your time. Uh, tonight we have, um, it's been, has been pretty much myself tonight, Brother Kenwood has joined me. Brother Kenwood Castleberry, all the way out of Tyler, Texas, one of our uh, uh, co-hosts from the Monday and Thursday night, the new Thursday night show. And uh, we're talking about a book I'm going to be writing called The Myths of White Supremacy, Our World's Covert Ruling Religion. One more time, The Myths of White Supremacy, Our World's Covert Ruling Religion. And for those of you that's just coming in, just we're just, just talking about what the book is about and and I'm talking about just different behaviors we have as a people that is just, you know, full of white supremacy. I also am laying the foundation that white supremacy is not exclusively a white thing. It's, it's, it's people because it's a philosophy. Anybody can believe the philosophy of white supremacy. So I want to hit this a little harder because some of y'all hear me saying white supremacy, black inferiority, you don't know what what exactly is it. Any lie, any any time you hear, again, any time you receive a message in word, thought, or action that whites are superior in any way, if it's just one way, we have a problem. If you say, well, you know, brother, I know what you can say, what you want to say, but now I'm going to tell you something about whites. They don't do this. They don't do that. Whatever you say, if you're saying they are superior and better than the other races on the planet, we got to talk to you because it's a lie from the pit of hell. Whatever whites have done and is doing and will ever do have been done for thousands of years by black people. It's being done not just in, in the past but in the present and in also the future there will be blacks doing every single thing that whites can, can possibly do. Talk about these lies, Brother Kenway. And the callers on the line, if you want to join in the conversation, please press 1. Please press 1. If you're listening to this show on the Internet, uh, the phone number to the show is 914, get a pen, get a pen, get a pen, 205. Five five nine zero again nine one four two zero five five two zero five 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 nine zero and for some of you if you're having trouble difficulty getting to on the phone line go ahead and text uh, to this number and uh, we'll get someone to call you from the show uh, free of charge so if you're getting charged to something or you're getting having any kind of problems there once in a while blog talk will charge people out it's a certain number of cell phone holders, certain, I don't know what region or what happened, but anyway, certain people will be called. One out of maybe 100 people will be called. If that happens, give us a call at uh, 817, or text rather, 817-808-2073. Just say you can't get in, and we will call you from the uh, station uh, switchboard. Again, brothers and sisters, how does it look? White supremacy, brother said you talk about it a lot. Now you committed to it. You say you're not going to even talk about nothing else on Sunday nights, but that until you write the book. My goodness. So, so what's up with this? So let's just break it down, brother Kenwin. I'm gonna use you 
and I'm going to use myself. If I say to you, are you a white supremacist? You say no. But if I watch you from the time you get up to the time you go to bed, sooner or later, if you even think white people is wicked, they're just more wicked than everybody else, do you realize that's white supremacy? You're saying that they can do something that nobody else can do. They're more wicked. That's 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 saying that's pretty much saying they're superior. That right there. Mhm. It's like I uh, saw Tyreek, I forget the name, he uh he is the guy that, that wrote the, the documentary about blacks in history. Uh colors, hidden colors, hidden colors. They're 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 a guy that wrote that whole documentary. Well, he interviewed a lot of people, but the 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 the, the guy behind Hidden Colors, his name is Tariq, I forget his last name, but he was interviewing Jared Taylor. He was on a, a debate with Jared Taylor, I should say. And Jared Taylor is a notable is a very is white is probably the biggest voice in white supremacy. He's the one that really got a lot of these young people in college ascribing to this hatred. So he's debating Tariq. T A R I Q, I think is his name. Again, the the creator of the uh, very well listened to uh, documentary about blacks uh, in history called Hidden Colors. And so Jared Taylor asked, uh, it ended the debate ended with Jared Taylor saying, "So uh, Tariq, you say that we're so we're devils and we're this and we're that." If you guys the master race and y'all so superior or y'all think y'all as good as us, Jared Taylor, the racist said, how come y'all can't stop us? Mm. How come y'all cannot stop us? If you're saying we're not superior to you, how come you can't stop us? That man, Jared, uh, Tariq, excuse me, said something that blew me away. I never thought a person that wrote Hidden Colors would say this. He said, well, you are. In other words, he was saying, you are more wicked than we are. You are superiorly wicked, more wicked than we are. You do have skills we don't have. That is the worst thing he could have did. Folks, mm. The father, the father, destroyed the earth because the people were so wicked. Thing you find white people doing to black people, I guarantee you, you can find black people doing it at some point in history to black people. For every time we get shot by the cops, for every time, and I'm not trying to, if y'all think I'm trying to in any way take these people off the hook or defend them or you you got me wrong and you really hurt my feelings if that's what you think. Whites, so-called whites in power, are going to pay for what they do to so-called African Americans and anybody else on this planet. Now, I know there's certain things supposed to happen to the African Americans because they are indeed the true Jews and the true Israelites of the Bible. I understand prophecy being fulfilled. 
But any extra stuff that these white people do to us, they are going to suffer, and their children are going to get it as well. So let's talk about how does white supremacy look at Brother Seth, because he's saying he don't want to talk about those people that be hollering, white power, go home, nigger. Brother Seth is saying he don't want to talk about them. So who are you talking about? Let me explain. This is how the Father revealed to me, Brother Ken, when I was a white supremacist. Before I go any further, do you have anything to say on what I've said so far? Because that was a pretty good stretch. You're not saying anything. Do you have anything to say? Uh, Brother Ken, you can always just jump into um, our love. Okay. Um, yeah, yeah. I, I, uh, yeah, I just uh, listened to your flow that you had, man. Uh, you were saying a lot, explaining a lot, man. Uh, this is very educational what you're doing, and uh, I'm just following along. It's, it's not that uh, I don't have anything to say necessarily, but I'm just kind of learning, and uh, I will definitely jump in, man. When if if you strike anything that uh, you know that I want to know a little more about or or have a question okay. about it, I definitely will. Well, that's, uh, but that's fair. But as far as what you said thus far. Uh, it's just educational, man. I'm learning. Well, let me say, let me go mm-hmm. on to say this. I remember when the father first revealed to me that I was a white supremacist. This is how I went down. Meditating somewhere about this topic. I was just meditating prayer. A lot of times when you're praying to the father and you're just thinking about some things, this is when the father will reveal things to you. But the Kenwin, this question came to me. And it was a series of questions. I don't know which one was first or not, but it was the question came to me, what is beauty? What is a beautiful woman? How does a beautiful woman look? And I started describing her. You know, she might have a little bit of light skin, you know, not too dark, you know, uh, but red bone, <laughs> light skin, yeah. and uh, she have a kind of a, not no too wide of a nose, but no more of a narrow nose. Not to be pointed, but and then her lips are going to be uh, kind of small lips, like you know, like maybe a Halle Berry or somebody like that. Maybe I'm, I, well, I don't even know if Halle Berry was around. And I'm just naming a name everybody knows, so you can kind of get an idea of the lip. Not that I think anything of Halle Berry. I'm just trying to pick somebody that's supposed to be decent looking and have these lips, the smaller lips. And I talked about that and. And then another question came, what's a good school? What's a good education? And I thought of John Hopkins or Princeton or Harvard or Yale. All, you know, I just, the question came, what's a good school? It wasn't a lie. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. It wasn't a lie. Those are great schools. (laughs) Okay. All right. Now, what you heard, you said the same thing. And then this, this question came to me, if you was dying, who would you want operating on you? Describe your your doctors. And I say, well, I would want to well, name the doctors. Hold on, hold yeah. on. I want to just hear. I'm gonna give you, I'm gonna give you the questions. There's a few more questions, and I want to know what you said. Think about my answer. So some uh-huh. some say, what what what? Who would you want working on you if you was dying? And then um, I said, well, I just imagine my team, and they was all white. Little bald head, you know, just different how doctors look. Some of them got hair, some of them don't, but they all got that look, you know, that look like they're the best of the best of the best, and they all was white. And then 
more questions like this start coming. What's a good neighborhood? I say, well, a good neighborhood is, you know, going down the roads, nobody out, ain't no loud music, big old nice trees, oak trees, uh, big old, I start naming, I just say, you know, I thought about white neighborhoods. I thought, I literally thought of white neighborhoods. Oh, that's a good neighborhood. Now, that right there is a good neighborhood. And then after a few more questions like that, I just kind of, it's like somebody wrote down everything I said and let me see it. Let me see all my answers at the same time. And I heard these words. These are the thoughts of a white supremacist. These mm, are the thoughts. Okay. You see, brothers and sisters, a good education, Harvard don't have nothing on any black school. Knowledge don't care who head it jumps in. It ain't like if you at a black college, you can't get the same Harvard. Of course you can. You just need the information that they have. And a lot of people teach at Harvard, and they'll leave Harvard and go teach at a black, all-black college. So how do you know that you don't have a Yale, your Yale fitness, your, your black college fitness uh, physics teacher isn't from Yale or Princeton or John Hopkins? Education is just education. But we actually think those schools are better. It's hype. It's just an education. Mm. It ain't like Harvard. They got a secret, and they only gonna let you. They gonna not. No, it's just professors, and it's just a reputable school. Harvard just has a reputation for producing a lot of people that went and shook up the world, and so that's what put Harvard on the map. Harvard is just a school with information. Now, if you go to a black college and they plan, they're not applying themselves, the teachers are getting high, you know, screwing around, blah, 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 blah. Okay, that school is not that good if that's what your professors are doing. But if your professors are going home and studying their craft and studying it, whatever they do, keeping up with whatever changes in, there is with physics or any new discoveries about physics, your, your teacher is just as good as someone at Harvard. If you're dying, why do you need Seth? about four or five white guys working on you. Why don't you just say the best doctor possible? The best doctor might be Indian, maybe African. Why would you imagine a group of about five white guys? And lips, there's no such thing as small lips. They're just lips. There's no... Standard to say small lips are more pretty. There's people with so-called big lips that look awesome. I mean, oh yeah, awesome, they're beautiful, beautiful. Father <laughs> began. That's right, brother. Ken went for real, beautiful. But the father <laughs> began to show me after after that initial, he began to really crack me open, almost like a. Uh, whatever you want to, you know, crack open and begin to show me things about myself was straight up sick. Now you said, well, sick, sick. What did he show you? Just regular things that we all say and do. Every day, all day, folks, I'm telling you, we're in and out of white supremacy. So I can, I can hear some of y'all saying, give me some more, give me some more. 
Show me how I'm a white supremacist, brother. Ted. Show me how I can hear you all right now. Me on the phone lines and in the chat room, maybe, and uh, in the uh, uh, listening online, I I can hear y'all. So let me just talk a little bit more about what am I calling white supremacy? Number one, the average black person does not want to. They don't have no value for Africa. And they think it's because, well, they ain't done nothing. They just, blah, blah, blah. Listen, this is why I say whites and black people are the same because we're the same mindset. Brother Ken, when I've been going a while, did you have anything? Uh, no, but the area okay. that you're moving into, that's my area. Uh-huh. I like that. Yeah, you're going to talk about African-Americans. In Africa and that relationship, uh, yeah. Right. So that that area right there, I'm pretty sure I'm gonna climb, chime in. <laughs> Go ahead. Well, I believe I agree with the Africans that hate African Americans. I don't agree as though they should hate them, but I understand them. I understand mm. Africans that hate African Americans. Because Africans don't realize this, but they've always seen black people do wonders. When they look at their downtown, every building standing was made there by a white guy. When they get in the elevator, I mean a black guy, when they get in the elevator, the elevator was made and, and, and maintained by a black men. The skyscrapers who washed those windows, black men. The helicopters flying over the skyscrapers in Africa, black men. Police, black. Governors or presidents, black. The roads they're on, those nice roads, those that don't get a chance to ride on the best of the best of the best roads, is is made by black men. And when you go to Africa and you look north, south, east, west, up and down, everything was created by black people. That right there is a complete different world of America. We are black mm-hmm. people that look like those Africans. We look like them. We have their hair, their eyes. We we are brown eyes. We look like them. But we're two different worlds. All we know is white men doing stuff. And even when black people do things, oftentimes we, we don't get the credit because we're not told that they're the one that built the microfo- microphone. We don't. We're not told all of the thousands upon thousands upon thousands of adventures they did. So we are raised from the cradle to think how great, powerful this white man is. So when we go around him. We're intimidated because of his might. Me and my wife talk about this all the time, Brother Kenwin. I tell my wife this. I just, the most natural thing, Brother Kimwin, for a black woman is a white man. It it's, it's don't make sense for a black woman to be in love with a black man. Now, I know I sound real mm-hmm. crazy, but think, okay. think about it. Think about it. Think about it. Think about it, brothers and sisters. Women are attracted to power. They attracted to men, real live men that goes out 
conquer. From the beginning of time, women love men that goes out, even when they was just hunting and they had a simple life, and they just wake up and go hunt, come back home with food. Women have always just get almost lightheaded seeing men just handle their business and not whine, go out and conquer. In America, the white man muscles is huge. When those white supremacists, I'll mention them only briefly because we're not talking about the extreme, say white power, we built this country. Well, did they? No, we did the muscle work. Yeah, but they told you where to put stuff, and every one of us know that. They are the ones that told us how to build. You do this, you do that. Now, yes, it's true that if they would have let us read, we would have been, we, we, we already proved that we could do as good as what they're doing or better. But I'm just talking about where the average black person's mind is right now when you talk about Brother Kim with the technology America has. All of the, 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 the international trade and just the power, the sheer muscles of America is a white man, not a black man. Thank you, barely have a bank. There's black banks in America, but compared to white banks, it's stupid. It's crazy. If you just look at the white man versus the black man, it's don't it's not even a competition. I'm talking about in the minds of so called black folk. I'm not talking about how it really is in the real world, you know, when we expose the white spirit. I'm just talking about the way our people at Brother Kim please stay with me. Everybody oh, yeah, stay listening. with me. I'm talking about how the average one of us that don't do no reading about the glory of Africa, we don't do no Ebony and Jed did a good job trying to keep up with black people's accomplishments, but most of us don't read up and keep up on what we have done, what we're doing, and what we're projected to do. So all we ever see, most of us that don't read, I'm not talking about myself, I'm talking about those of you, you know you ain't read nothing about no technology, what Africa is doing, what black people do in America, anything great about black, you just don't know. All you do is get up, go to work, work hard, eat, go out to eat fly around on vacation, come home. You don't never do no deep research. You can't help but to be a white supremacist. In other words, worshiping white males. You may not ever say it. But when you say things like, you know, you get mad at your man, and, you know, they ain't going to hire you or, you know, the different things that women can say that when we compare. Or we can flip it around and just say how we compare them to the white woman. My point is, brothers and sisters, can you be a black man or a black woman in a white world? It's impossible. Where did black people learn how to be black? If I say Brother Kenwin right now, tell me what's black. If Brother Kenwin starts saying things like, well, soul food and the way we, 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 we're good at sports and we don't take no stuff and all that typical black stuff. That is, that is so, that's like a baby going up against a giant. Again, tonight's show is not to try to worship white people. That's not what I'm doing. 
I'm trying to show you, Brother Kenwin, and those listening, and uh, my angle, not that y'all don't know what y'all know. I'm not disrespecting anybody's knowledge. I'm just saying what I feel the Father showed me is from the cradle to the grave in America, all we know is white power, white true power. The little stuff we do with black people, and I know they're holding us back and they're doing this to us, and I understand. I understand all that. I'm just talking about those of us that don't know the truth and not researching. How can we not be a white supremacist? How can we not worship white people indirectly pretty much? When I say worship, all I'm saying is paying high homage to them. You can't lie, folks. We're not stupid. We're going on the freeway. We're seeing all this technology, all this construction. These people, they're balling. How can you be a proud black man, a black woman, when you don't even know what your people are doing? All you ever see is white glory. You're going to worship those people either consciously or subconsciously. And this is where the black colleges come in and talk about the term called self-hate. That's why so many of our people just don't value. That's why a lot of our men beat up on our women because we truly don't value her. That's why a lot of our women take pot shots at us and always attacking our self-esteem. That's why a lot of our homeboys always saying, if you're a man, you'll do this, you'll do that. We always have to prove we're a man, prove this. We're not accepted as, as an equal. This is why. Because we're living in a white man's domain. The only solution, because i got to say this in the back, i to go to Brother Kenway. The only solution is you got to, number one, learn about the glorious, glorious past and what your people truly did to make this world what it is. got to see the glory, the glory, the glory, the greatness, the powerful, awesome greatness of Africa. you got to see the powerful greatness and the wonderful things black people are doing right now. And you got to know that we're projected to do even great things. If you don't have those three revelations, you succumb to worshiping whiteness. You just don't come out and say it like that. I was telling my wife, African-American women are the number one watchers of TV. African-American women are the number one watchers of TV. They watch more all they're seeing is white people flexing. They don't come from the TV saying, oh, I want to worship like you. They don't say it like that. They're just going to always compare man to white man. They're going to always think what the white man says is white. Hey there, brother. Uh, your mic is... Uh... Okay, hold on. Your mic is oh, actually... Sorry, sorry, sorry. What did you hear me say last? Uh, you was... Basically diving in on uh, the spirit of, of uh, the language that we're, we're using to describe it, and how we're, we're suffering from the same fate, white supremacy. Yeah. Uh, well, yeah. basically, what I was saying, I, I stood up and that's when the mic got bad. I was just saying, African American women are the number one watchers of TV. African American women consume more TV watching than any other sector, any other. A group in America, and if that's true, and we know the media is pretty much controlled by white males, white males is, is created for and by and for them. Okay, we just as background basically. If you're looking at white power in that way, 
when if you're looking at TV and you're just sitting there just chilling out, eating, drinking, just just got off of work and you just want to chill out, or you're on the weekend and you're just chilling out, you're not going to see the glory of black people. Even if you see Wild and Out or some little nice little show you like, you're not going to see true intelligence on American mm-hmm. TV. You're saying on it. You're going to see black people doing so. You're going to see, see black people as rich. But just because you see black people balling in money, it don't mean that they are an equal to walk with money. Mm-hmm. They're still behind the white man. You may be black people on TV might be super wealthy, few of them. But we're talking about what about the 40 million that you identify with every day? So what I'm trying to say is this. What I'm trying to say is this. If all you see, brothers and sisters, from the cradle to the grave, is the glory of whites, the success of whites, how they do things, how they say things, how can you not think like them in everything? If you talk the same teacher as the little white kids are, same curriculum, you talk the same stories about Columbus and all the things that they talk about, how can you be different? If, if you're educated in the same system, the same system that birthed these white people that some of y'all don't like, y'all talk about the same curriculum. How can you be different? Here's where I think we might be a slightly bit different. We're not as bad off as a lot of our white brothers and sisters, I think, only because of this one thing, because we have relatives that are so-called black, and we see how they can be intelligent. We see how they can be witty. We see how they can be creative. We see how they can be innovative. We see how they can – we see we see their, 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 mm-hmm. their, 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 everything about them. So we don't buy the lies that we're hearing from whites because we are black people living around black people. So we're better, but we still believe a lot of what they say. We say if you get too many blacks in the neighborhood, you know, it's going to bring it down. A lot of blacks believe that. I guarantee when on the show tomorrow, if I said it to how many co-hosts think when black folks move to the neighborhood to go down, they say, well, you know what, brother, I love my people. I love my people, but that is true. No. That is not true. There's only a certain kind of black people that move in the neighborhood and go down. There's a certain kind of white people move in the neighborhood and it goes down. So if the white, certain whites are moving in and go down, why do you say black people move in and go down? You don't say it about white people. You don't say it about white people. So why do you say around black people? By black people, we're no different than whites. When whites, certain whites, trashy ones, those that's been on welfare and can't appreciate nothing, they act the exact same way. So why do we say when black people move neighbor it goes down? That's what I mean by white mm-hmm. supremacy. We have this self hate, and we got it from being in those same classes with those same little racist people. Around us today, brothers and sisters, this this is deep. I'm trying to go real slow, but this is 
African Americans is like an invention. They don't have. I'm talking about those that are not learned. Well, I've been talking a lot. Brother Kingwin, jump in, please. Let me give me some feedback, please. Okay. Uh, the first thing I want to touch on is that I spent time in the oil field and came across African. Uh, uh, I don't know what part of Africa he was from, but he's definitely on the West Coast. And uh, we went and struck a deep conversation. And uh, to sum it all up, he's basically saying the reason the hostility between African-American and Africans is that we think like white people. And so you're hitting on exactly this brother had told me a few years back. And, uh, yeah, definitely I can relate to what you're saying, see what you're saying for um, yes, yes, it, it, yes. It's a and form of self-hatred, but, you know. Well, go ahead. Go ahead. Now, what was your question? A comment? Uh, I, no, what was, no, what I was about to say is that it's kind of like a form of self-hatred in a lot of ways. Uh, when, you know, you you you, uh, you idolize them in your mind and heart and don't even know it. I mean, you're playing the role yeah. of white supremacy. And you're just hypnotized, man. You know. Yeah. You, you, uh, if it. I say mm-hmm. if I go if I go to a, a group of black people and I say, "Hey, let's go on vacation. Where y'all want to go?" I guarantee you, they oh, gonna yeah. say the yeah. same thing as white people say. They're not gonna even be <laughs> right. thinking about none of this. They're not gonna be thinking about white supremacy. They're not gonna be thinking about no hatred. They're just gonna be regular people trying to figure out where they're going to go on vacation. They're going to name everything European first, I guarantee you. And if they do name another place like Belize, or uh, 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 can't think of the one place I really want to go to. I've been saying forever. I was saying for and nobody was saying it. Uh, Dubai. I was talking about Dubai in 19, I get a year. I was talking about Dubai in 1992, nobody was talking about Dubai. My point is, if we say we want to go to Belize or anywhere other than Europe, it's going to be because a lot of whites women came back and told us, or we saw some on TV about it. You're still living your life out of what whites think. And some people say, what's wrong with, what's wrong with that? White people are smart. (laughs) What's yeah. wrong with go with their advice if they say Belize is nice, go to Belize? But I said, what are you talking about? What I'm talking about, brothers and sisters, is why do you listen to just them? They're 10% of the world's population. Of course they're intelligent. Of course they're intelligent. Some of them very nice, some of them loving. I would say a lot of them are. But why are we living all of our life listening to 10% of the world? There's 90% of the world that's also got opinion that may be even better for you. But most of us call African Americans, we get everything about this world through the lens of white people. Everything who God is who we are, 
what America is, what money is and should be, what Africa is, what dark skin is, how to look at working, how to look at resting, how to look at everything about life. We get it through the the lenses of white people. So when I make a stupid statement like, or a statement that sounds stupid like black women, the best fit for them is a white man, I sound crazy being a black man. But I told my sister the other day, the other year, some years back, and she was floored by this. I said, her name is, we call her Moppy. Her name is Vernon, but we call her Moppy. I said, Moppy. You were made for black men. That's why when we get, when our women finally get with a white man, they do stuff they never done to no other black man. So they do things for that white man they have never done, never ever done for a black man. Here, here's a good one. What about when white black men get a hold of a white woman? I tell my same sister and others, that it's the same with black men. Black men was not raised for no black woman. Just because you date black women all throughout high school and middle school, you had a little crush and all that, that's that's what you're experiencing true. But what's put before you is the best of the best of the best of the best women. It's not that black girl you're dating. So when you become rich, and you start rubbing elbows with other people, and you see that you have access to any woman in the world, that's why so many of us start dating white girls. And the only reason more black men don't do it is because of the backlash from the sisters and their relatives. If the sisters and their relatives and their parents said, we don't care who you date, we're going to love them, I guarantee you even more black men will be with white women and more black women will be with white men. If their family wouldn't give them a hard time, if there was, you know, I'm talking about. So what I'm trying to say is this. How, Brother Kenwin, how do you feel about what I just said? Because I know how that sounds, but I promise you, if you look at what's put before us as beauty, as smart, as better, as superior, it's that white woman. We date black women because they're around us. And that's why oftentimes we abuse them until we get a light-skinned white woman, a light-skinned black woman that looks closer to that white woman. Now, I know there's always exceptions to the rule. Again, we're waking up. We're waking up. But I'm talking about the bulk of our people. I'm talking about some black man that's been studying Kemet or Africa and finding out his true identity is Israelite or whatever. And he's, well, I'm not talking about that guy. I'm talking about the average so-called black person. But can we please feedback on what you've heard so far? Yeah, I think uh, where you're going with it is, uh, definitely deep, uh, and it's kind of foreign to me, man. Uh, well, I can relate to the, the, what you're saying, 
to a certain degree. Um, but I'm just, I'm also kind of seeing myself in a lot of things you say that we say. I can definitely see myself uttering that same mindset. So I am learning, Give brother. I'm sure example. people. Okay, well, example for example, so for example, in my own personal household, I was debating just the other day with my wife on taking my children out of the elementary they're going to and taking them to a little smaller town in Gilmer, which is predominantly uh, white. Um, in my mindset, I was thinking that they'd probably get a, you know, more hands-on education, and it gets my children, you know, uh, uh, a, a, a wily worldview than uh, uh, the black elementary that my school, you know, children attend to, you know, black and Hispanic, you know. But uh, they don't really know too many white friends, and uh, I wanted to have a, a worldview because uh, I'm teaching them about different things, and I wanted them to know a lot about it, you know. Uh, so I, I want them to have that very mixed attitude. But after you <laughs> kind of, you know, uh, demonstrated uh, what we call a good school or not, you know, it just uh, I was just uttering that same same thing to my wife just the other day, <laughs> you know. So I'm just kind of sitting back you- listening, man. Uh-huh. Yeah, yeah, and, and I hear you. A lot of people say that. And, and, and if you want your kid to learn a little bit about other cultures, you may have to move. I'm not saying absolutely don't move. I'm just saying just know that black schools, you have to go and just go to the school, each one, one by one, case by case, study the school, study the, you know, the graduation rate, you know, um, but just uprooting your child and, I'm a I'm a raise my child in an all white neighborhood because I don't like black folk and da da da. But if somebody say no, uh, you know I have a friend of mine. He said something similar about his daughter. He's a white gentleman uh, I work with, uh, and he said uh, he he liked his daughter being around uh, other ethnic groups. And uh, it, that's that's a healthy thing. That yeah, if you want, if that's what you're trying to get it moving. And you understand that any black school is just as capable as educating your children as you know they're just as good. Then, then brother, listen. There ain't nothing wrong with you moving. It depends on case by case. You know, maybe if, if she's around all blacks and and she's not learning, and when she do go around white, she's holding her head down. Oh no, 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 no. You need to make sure she gets some diversity. You're right. But, see, you're not moving because you think that the black people ain't. I, I guess you're not. I don't know. But if you're moving because you think, all oh, this black school, they just, they, teach, they just don't know what these white people know. And you hear white people talking, and you're just hearing them. And when they talk, it just sounds like they're just so much smarter. Now, I know about those black people that have low self-esteem. Teachers, and when, they, when these black teachers go around white teachers, they get intimidated, too. I understand that. And so... I understand that. I understand that sickness. But you got to understand just because that teacher has self-hate, that don't mean that the next teacher going to have self-hate. can't just say, well, see, look at the teacher there. She she don't – there's bad teachers. There's white teachers that talk 
the talk is white as all get out. And they just as ignorant. They not their classroom is behind. They they don't study their craft, and it's just not based on the color. It's it's, it's teacher by teacher, and a lot of people they feel superior, and so they teach like that. They feel they study. A lot of them take pride in what they do. So sometimes the white supremacy, you know, they feel like they're gods, and so they they have a tendency to study more out of that that pride. And sometimes they make good teachers because they feel like they're better than everybody, and they want to keep that up. So again, knowledge don't care who hit the jump and whoever get it, whoever apply themselves, be it they are uh, whatever. If you apply yourself, you have to be smart. So a lot of these whites that are racist, they are smart. But a lot of these blacks that are are, are not racist, or you don't matter whether you're racist or not, you still can be smart is what I'm saying. So all I'm trying to say is we're all the same people with the ability to learn. That's all I'm trying to say. Y'all have to bear with me. Don't three okay. <laughs> I'm, trying to make, I'm trying to make some coffee here at the same time. Y'all probably heard me brewing it. But I think I'm making sense some sense here. It depends. It's case by case. I can't say don't move your daughter or your child. I can't say don't do it. I'm just saying really look at the situation. If she's around all black kids, they have low self-esteem or, or they teachers, because a lot of times teachers won't believe in their own students because they're black. A lot of times black students, black teachers don't believe in black students because they're black. And that's some mm-hmm. sick mess. That's why I say this white supremacy, it can be in anybody, including teachers. So you got to take it case by case because the teacher down the hallway, she don't think like that. She's thinking her kids can do anything, go anywhere, be anybody, and she teaches just like that. She can just easily fit in Harvard, Yale, or any other so-called great schools, which I think is just like any other school myself. Just depending on the Princeton's and the Yales and the Harvards, it could be that they – got such a reputation they can now pay their teachers out of the wazoo because everybody in their mama want to go there and so they can they can they can go after the quality teachers meaning quality as in uh, 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 teachers with awards and stuff like that and so they actually can have a better school if that's what they're doing but you would just to say a school is better than just off its name is stupid and I don't think – I think some of this is just hype because the powers that be is just saying John Hopkins is this, 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 this. I think some of this stuff is lies, but some of it may be true, you know. But a lot of black yeah. colleges, they're not all bad because it's all black. You hear black colleges, they party all the time. That's not true. Nobody party like these white schools. I don't care what nobody say. Black folk ain't going to know because the drugs is through the roof. They're taking all kind of drugs. And Man, please. Young people is just young mm-hmm. people. They only have so much time to party anyway as they're going to flunk. So, anyway, I hope that you understand what I'm saying. Do you follow what I'm saying at all? Oh, yeah, yeah, man. Uh, you have beat that thing uh, different uh, type of ways there, man. And, uh, yeah, I'm ready for you to hear it on loan now. What What is the – if we're going through a maze, What's the ending? What's the outcome, man? Because uh, if we don't get a handle on this, the generations after me, um, 
uh, they are literally colorblind, just like they were taught. And they, uh, they don't, uh, anywhere they see ignorant, anywhere they see it, white, black, whatever, they're going to, you know, be about that. And the more we see the crime rate and uh, being around rough neighborhoods, they ain't going to want to live there. They ain't going to want our, their kids being around there themselves. Uh, they, uh, I like to say, transition into the, uh, you know, uh, well, transition. I, I, I don't really like that word, but they have fully evolved or, or, or just merged in with white culture to a degree that uh, the, the culture that they came from would be so foreign to them that they it just they would repel it, you know, as if they were literally white. Um, you know, it's just being around him so much you're gonna pick up his ways, you know. Um, so uh, but I don't know, is it a freedom way? But uh all that is kind of jive talk to just get you into that same, you know, hypnot hypnotized. You're getting hypnotized by the words how they describe it. But uh, nobody wants to be in a rough neighborhood, send their kids to that way, you know. But uh, some of us still, uh, even though we have the options to, still pursue it uh, just because in that rough neighborhood you can find a gem in the rock, you know, diamond in the rock. Um, you find good people right in there um, trying to, in the middle trying to stop the chaos. Uh, those people have very powerful things to say. And, uh, you know, I, I'm just saying, it's just hypnotism all the way around, man. Uh, I don't know the well, answers to another, it. Another thing we have to think of is this, Brother Kenwin. Yeah. A lot of our old parents used to say this. How, how many times have you heard this? You going down that mm. school, you have hold your head up high, and you have to tell yourself you're just as good as the whites. And and they told us that, and we did <laughs> hold our head up high. And we told the whites we're just as good as you. And guess what we are? We were. They made an A, we made an A. They scored 500, we scored 500. And we showed them white people. And here's the sickness behind that. You say, that's sick? Mm. What do you mean? You shouldn't tell your kids. You're just as good as. Mm-hmm. What they do, do, that's partially true. That's half true. Truth of the matter is, you're not better than nobody. They ain't better than you. But I don't know if I would say what if you can do what they can do. Because you may be able to do more than they can do. We never think of doing more. Mm. We never think of we might one day teach them. It's like even Martin King, Martin Luther King, it's like the whole civil rights for us to just to be where they be, go where they go. But I've heard that in certain circles, when it was all black and we were segregated, that a lot of the black schools surpassed the white schools. So you have to be careful mm-hmm. saying, you can do the same. No, you just go and be the best you can be. 
Don't put no limits on them. Don't say you, the white man scored 500, you can score 500. No, maybe the white man scored 500 and you only get 470. You're still as good as he is. Maybe he scored 500, you scored 700. You're still just as good as he is. See what I mean? You have to be careful because you'll find yourself in fighting with them. You'll find yourself just being like them. And that's horrible. That's horrible. You're just going to be like them. Yeah, I'll tell you one thing. They score 500, I score 500. <laughs> well, what if you go talk to them and they said this? I scored 500, but I wouldn't pay attention and I didn't get my rest and I didn't do this. And you're probably looking a little stupid. You done got all your rest, work hard, did all this. You scored 500, and that wasn't even there. I don't think we should always have to, to do what they do. And by the way, mm. We're wrapping up. There's so much to say about race, y'all. Again, we're talking. Uh, again, I just want to thank everybody for tuning to the on Network. Just another little station identification real quick, and then we'll hear on this last leg. But, again, I want to thank y'all for tuning in tonight. Again, I'm talking about the book, the book, my book I'm writing. The name is The Myths of White Supremacy, Our World, Covert, Ruling Religion, and it is a religion. It is so a religion. And this is where uh, Brother King would probably appreciate this. I know Pastor Chris would. I'm only picking them because I know they have some some issues with white people. I know y'all do. And guess what? It's very normal. It's very normal. That's another thing. That's another thing. We got to quit demonizing people, feel like they hate, they hate, they hate. A lot of our people is just upset, and their spirit is grieved by white people. It's not hate. You hear Brother King would say if there's somebody was in a building burning, he would try to go in there and save them. He didn't say nothing about they had to be black. So a lot of our people are just angry. And another, and here's another one. We don't like to say it as men, but the Bible says, I will provoke you to jealousy, Israel. Mm-hmm. I will provoke you to jealousy, Israel. You know that scripture, Brother King? Went? Oh, yeah. Yes, sir. Yes, I sure do. Uh yeah, it's a, a lot, lot of being said right there. Yeah, a lot oh, of yeah. what we feel to white people is just flat-out jealousy. But a woman might acknowledge it, but a man ain't going to acknowledge it. But that's the truth. So the book, everybody, before we wrap up this show, I know I should have probably said it at the very beginning, but the, the book is probably going to be about, it, be about 150 pages. And, uh, y'all, I hadn't even gotten to the chapters. I hadn't talked about the table of contents, and uh, I think I, what I will do is talk a little bit about the table of contents because it'll pretty much go what the whole book is about in these final. Uh, uh, y'all just don't know, boy. I, Brother Kenwood, if you can just see this book, the, the way I've got it rolled out, it will just, it, it'll, it'll blow your mind. It really will blow your mind. Mm. I'm talking about foreigners that come into this country full of white supremacy. They the worst case. They the worst. America, America. They the worst case because they don't even know black people. They don't know our struggle. They don't know nothing. All they come to see is America, and they think the white man is a savior because he got to. He allowed them to come into their country. They're making all this money. 
They couldn't make it in India, but they're doing well here. And they look at us and we're doing all this complaining, and they feel like we're just lazy and we don't, we're not, we're not, we don't have degrees. And they just, these foreigners feel like they're on the side of the white man. They dangerous. They worse off than black people. Mm. Only thing good about them is they have a home. They have some type of pride because they come from a place. So, but they come to America, they end up just buying into everything they hear. So they become our oppressors. Every single one of them come to this country. All not every single one of them, but all the groups have took times oppressing us. Africans, Indians. They've taken time, take turns oppressing us. So, Brother Kenwin, mm-hmm. what I like to do is I'm just going to kind of talk a little bit about this book more because I want people to tune into our Sunday shows. I want everybody to tune into the Thursday, the Monday, the Sunday, Monday, and Thursday shows. But just so I'm not putting a lot of advertising for this book. So I'm just taking the time out now to tell everybody if you do tune in to the show tonight, know that every Saturday we're going to be talking about this book, and I promise you I'm hitting everything I'm talking about. I didn't, I didn't, I didn't even touch the surface on how white supremacy works. I didn't touch the surface, brothers and sisters. I didn't touch the surface, brother Kenwin. I, I promise you, I did not touch the surface. I'm going to show you how a lot of our old black people is practicing white supremacy. A lot of our young, young militant African-American males that will shoot you in a second if you cross them. And I'm telling you how a lot of them is full of white supremacy. I'm going to talk about white supremacy, how it affects us sexually. That's going to blow you away. I guarantee that shit is going to be popular. Sex is the number one topic in the, uh, on blog talk radio for sure if you break talk about number one. But I'm going to talk about how it affects, yes, sexuality. Uh, so the book goes like this. Uh, first, I give a definition of white supremacy, and then I go into dedication. Uh, Brother Kimwell was on the final leg here, got about 10 minutes, so I'm going to rush through this and give, let you get final words. We're going to get it out of here. This book is going to be forwarded by some very prestigious people. I'm not going to mention who they are, but I'll tell you that like this, one of them is a, a radio personality um, ran a radio station, I mean a, a, a television station. Um, one of them, is, a, a, a few of them is not even out of, out of this country. One of them is an R&B singer. Uh, one of them is an author. And I mean an R&B singer where if I mention a name, you'll know it. Um, just a lot of key people that's going to be helping promote this work by way of forwarding uh, forward. Um I have a very serious question, Brother King, what I asked at the beginning of the show. And uh, I don't know if I should tell you what it is because, uh, you know, I don't know if I'll share Wait with you. Wait on me, asking, If I ask you this question. Yeah, go ahead. All right. All right. Okay. I'm, I'm going I'm to give you a little sample of the book. Okay, here we go, everybody. Now I'm reading from the book. Brother Kenwin, what if I told you of a daily newspaper that conflict that's constantly published lies about the family. They told lies, which means 100% false information. 
they were deceptive in that they told some things good about your family, but they put a lot of lies in there too. So that's called deception. And also about your family, they just kept some information where nobody know the goodness y'all did. So about your family, they told lies, deception, and they didn't tell the public stuff to let the public be ignorant about your family and its greatness. Your family, Castleberry family, the past, the present, and even things that's going to happen in the future that your family is going to do, and it's no, they got money. There's certain things they're definitely going to do, but the media made sure they didn't hear it. Or perhaps the media just, uh, well, yeah. So your family suffers. Let's say your family is already suffering right now from an identity crisis. You got your young boy saying, hey, we cribs, uh, uncle, or we thugs, uncle, uh, and they disrespect each other. They act out. If those mm-hmm. oppressing go further, if those oppressing your family go further, uh, with their history. Well, I just mentioned it about the ignorance. So I'm not going to read all this because I can't tell you everything, but there's more to that question in another part, but I just want to just give you a little bit half of it. How could your family win under the circumstances if they do that to your family again? If they told lies about your family and your family believed the lies, this newspaper told deceptive things about your family, half truth. They said some good things about y'all, but they're doing some lies. And then they they just just some things they didn't they didn't they didn't, they didn't say at all good about your family. Left your family ignorant about their own accomplishments. Let me ask you a question. The question is this. How could your family ever survive? Uh, Wow. Mentally. Yeah, yeah. Um, You know what? I think it goes um, back to my awakening, Uh, uh, my uh, testimony on how I developed the Hebrew understanding of the scripture. Oh, hold, on, hold on, hold on, bear with me, bear with me, bear with me, uh, brother. I um, I forgot something here. Y'all forgive me. Because okay. I'm writing, I'm, I'm, this is the very front of the book, and I'm already all the way kind of the back, and so I hadn't seen this in a while, but this is also a part of that same question. Remember, they're hiding your identity, but I forgot to mention this. If those oppressing go further and force their their history, those that are oppressing the Castleberry family goes further and force their mm-hmm. history on your they told your nieces, nephews, uncles about their history. Again remaining quiet wow. about the Castleberry, but they force your they say well the Castleberries didn't do this we did this. The Castleberries didn't come from here. We, if they took your history and paraded around as though it's their history, could you ever regain strength? I want you to be honest with me. Do y'all could the Castleberry family ever bounce back from that right there? 
if that's all they had to work with, if that's all they had to work with, what I just said, Brother Kenwin? Yes, yes. Hello? Did can you, you hear, hear me? me? I can uh, hear you. Uh, uh, yeah, I, I, I couldn't hear you either. Okay, we well, we would have disconnect. No, I all just right, all right. Back. What is, I'm going to say it again. I'm going to say it again because I don't know what part of you can hear me or not. But I said, if those oppressing you, your family goes further. And instead of telling the truth about the Castleberry legacy, they actually add them into the very things y'all did, they say they did. The things, right. the accomplishments, the innovations, the, 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 the inventions, or whatever greatness your family ever did, there's another, there's groups of people that stole your place, your posterity, your if they are wearing your accomplishments, how can y'all ever break through that? That's my question. That's the final thing we're wrapping up. Okay. The the key in breaking through that is uh, education. Um, they got something called um, that they're bringing out now called uh, critical race theory. Uh, they want to teach that in our schools. Hold on, hold on a second. Hold on a second. Hold on a second, brother Kenwood. I don't think you understood the question. You don't have that. Okay. I didn't say. I didn't say that they provided y'all with truth. Oh, okay, I say you. all your family got is what this newspaper is telling them. That was the question. Oh, right, your right. family. Your family. Let's say it's about five hundred y'all. Your family okay. right there in Tyler, Texas. Instead of uh-huh. y'all hearing great things on the news about the Castleberry, every time they see mm-hmm. news about the Castleberry, it's some negative or they hiding the good things y'all did. And that's what they're going to feed y'all for the next 50 years, all your cousins and everything. Every time Castleberry comes, they're going to have all these lies, deception, ignorance. Oh, yeah. So that's all they feed them. How they going to know there's a better way? <laughs> How they going to know? Yeah, they're not. They're not gonna know. Yeah, um, and if they don't know, that, if they don't know, go ahead. No, I'm saying that's you're absolutely right. Uh, we watched this play out already, so I understand. I'm on the same page with you. Uh, with that older generation, uh, we watched literally just that play out, <clears throat> and even in the theology. Um, they revert to uh, seed of hand. Now, hold on a second. Hold on a second. While you're getting those words together, i got to say this. We're on the hour. You know how we have to do this at the end of the show. Those of you that's listening to the program via clicking on the link, you didn't call the show number. You on the link. So you're listening online through your computer. You've got to call the phone number at this time because we only contract to two hours, so we're right at the end. Uh, you have 60 seconds now that the lady is telling me, the auto operator is telling me in my ear, to call the show. All right? You have to call the show at two one, excuse me, 914-205-559, or you have to call the show to continue listening. All right? Now, we're about to go off here in a few minutes. You can kind of wait till the show is over and listen to the whole thing. That way, just fast forward to the parts you miss. But you got to call the phone number. Go ahead, Kenwin. 
Uh, yes, sir. I was just, <clears throat> I was just kind of going into like the fact that we're God, we're absolutely God gonna uh, uh, free ourselves from that, man. Uh, there's no way out of it. Um, you know, once that was instilled, and uh, we can see it echoes uh, to this very day, and it's 2022, and we can see this echoes in this very day. Uh, being the children of Ham, and uh, therefore by default, if we are the descendants of Ham, we will be Gentiles like the rest, and therefore have uh, we all could be on the same page as a Gentile. It's when you sit back and look at it from hindsight, it had to be their on their agenda. The reason why they made us orphans in the first place, um, but why? The question is, why? If they knew that we was Hebrew from the jump, why would they want us to think that we're Gentiles and so we can be on the same page? Why not? But I don't know. There's so many questions in that area, why they started this country the way they did. Um, And if they had a point to ever let us be free, why would they want us there with them after they set us free? Um, did they? I mean, what if, what was they thinking? We wasn't gonna get along, you know. That's what I'm saying. When you when we're talking about the forefathers and their decision making and promoting white power, um, we know that not all white people are the same. They're kind of tribal, like you see in Africa. They're, they're very different sectors of them, and they don't always agree. Um, I think on the last show we talked about the Greek and Roman Empire. They became one empire, Rome, right? But in you look in Rome history, you can see those Caesars getting assassinated and senators fighting senators, and Rome kind of uh, went down from within instead of anybody conquering them. Um, they went down, you know, uh, you divide it, you will fall, you know. Uh, and we can see the yep. heck, in the heck uh, you know, repeating itself in today's time. <clears throat> and so uh, my point is I kind of look at them as a uh, tribal, and uh, <clears throat> and I, I'm, I'm glad that this hypnotism is slowly falling off of, all, off of us. And brothers like you, Seth, with this book you covered out <clears throat> to kind of help us along with that and clearing that from our eyes so we can see, you know, clearly on, on where we want to go. Uh, go yes, ahead, yes, yes. Well, I appreciate those words. And that was um, a lot right there, man. Um, I'm telling brothers and sisters, um, this brother here, I just appreciate I appreciate your heart. I appreciate your honesty. I appreciate your, uh, when you don't know, you just say you don't know. Brother King, when you got a lot of, you'll go a long way, brother, just as a studier, a student, a, a father, a, a, just in ministry, really, whatever the father's going to do with you, because you're very humble. And he loves that. Mm. That's one of the characteristics he ought to have. I hope I'm as humble as you are. I hope I am. Well, brothers and sisters, listen, I, I promise y'all so much I didn't hit on. Uh, it's so much this book is talking about. 
I mentioned earlier about the foreigners. We talk about white supremacy. Um, talk about the black woman, strong black woman, the illusions of that, how that sets us back, how our women being played with this strong black woman image, um, the, the, the white supremacy. Uh, talk about a woman named Sarazad Ali. I know a lot of y'all don't like her, but she said a lot of good things. She just made the bad mistake of saying how that, you know, y'all know what she said that was wrong. And those of you that don't know, I ain't going to tell you. But she made, uh, I'll tell it because some people are wondering, what are you, what are you saying? But uh, there's an author by the name of Sherazad Ali. And she wrote a book called Understanding Black Men's Guide to Understanding the Black Woman. Well, she made every talk show in America seem like everybody wanted her own because she had made the comment when black women, black women get out of hand, a black men should slap them. And you don't say that. And so everybody made that the focus of the book versus her talking about, I mean, powerful. I mean, that, that woman did something that no other black woman or anybody have ever done. She upset the black woman. We have never seen black women act like that on shows. Nice, sophisticated, reserved, normal would be reserved black women just acting like they ain't got no sense because this woman called them out, called her out. Well, we look at the black woman uh, in this book talking about white supremacy and how it has affected our homes. We look at the black man and, and show that he truly, 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 a lot of, lot of us, don't value our our women, our children, ourselves, because we're we're, we're full of this white supremacy. And uh, I'm not talking about folks going around saying you don't have to ever say nothing good about a white person. You never have to say the word white supremacy. You can just not value black people, and that's white supremacy. Because uh, where did you get that from? Why come your black child ain't good enough? Give the reason, and then you'll see the white supremacy. Why don't you, brothers, is there, you up in Chicago, why are y'all killing each other? If I walk into one of them guys shooting and not valuing life and say, why are you shooting? They'll say something like, this nigga, he, he thinks he's somebody. We're going to get gonna get this. Him after. Well, but why are you shooting him over something so trivial? Don't you know this businessman that owe each other millions of dollars and they don't shoot each other over it? Why are you shooting each other over 150, 200, 300,000 or two? You don't value. Okay, so where are you getting not valuing? He ain't nobody. He thinks he's right. He, I've, heard, I've, heard, I've heard hardcore guys say things like he thinks he's a white man. And nigga think he, he think he, he think he good as a white man. You hear that sickness? You hear it in him? Listen close. Listen to it. Listen to why you don't have to hear the term white supremacy. Matter of fact, you're not going to hear it. Just look look at the philosophies of black inferiority in thought, word, and action. Listen for it and, and, and ask yourself, where did they get that from? Where did they get that from? They didn't just come out of nowhere just thinking little smaller themselves. They got this from living in the system that constantly beats them down subconsciously. It can just be a look white folks give you all day long. 
When you go in and out of stores, you constantly look the tree like you're going to steal something. Everybody don't come out and say it. It can be just a look that black people give you because you're dark. They just look at you. It can be nice black, church-going black folk, how they treat you because you're simply dark. They don't come out and start talking about all this white stuff. so they don't say none of this. They just treat you with so little value. And when you go and you start asking questions, like I had a friend of mine tell me, I'm, I'm wrapping this show up, Brother Kenwin. I had a friend of mine tell me he's a light-skinned gentleman. His mother is dark, dark. His mother told him, don't you marry a dark-skinned girl. She says when they get they get very upset and they nose do a certain thing when they get mad. I mean, I, I wasn't blown away because, again, I've been writing this book, and this book is old. It's just not some – a lot of it I've been knowing for many years. But I wasn't shocked, but I was shocked. This kinds of things this this friend of mine told me his mother was saying, I want to just say, can I record you? And it ain't just his mother. It's light-skinned people talking about dark-skinned people. It's light-skinned people worshiping or paying too much homage to light-skinned people. Black men spend too much time worshiping light-skinned women. It's stupid. They give them too many passes. They they give them they 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 white light skinned black women get too much. They should be respected and love and all this stuff. But I'm saying, talk to people that go to clubs. How there's a great disparity in how the sisters that are dark treated and the light skinned sisters go to some of these big black clubs like here in Dallas. My daughter was telling me about this. And she just made me almost want to cry. Some of the things that these black women. Nice-looking black women, but because they ain't light-skinned, I'm telling you, there's a sickness we have. Now, do those guys, Brother King, will never sit around and talk about white supremacy? No. They'll never say nothing like that. They just act it out. It's in word, thought, or action. This is a hatred. It's there, man. And it's sick, and I'm not touching the scratching the surface. I think and I'm just being very realistic. I hit one, I hit maybe eight out of a hundred of what I want to say. There's so much more to this book. I'm not trying to sell the book per se either. I'm just trying to get people free. Last thing, I keep saying last thing, but this is the last thing. I believe, and I submit to the listeners, I'm going to show in this book that we are still property of white people. If we're not sold out to the Most High and really following the Ruach HaKadosh 24-7, as best we can, not saying you got to be perfect, but if we're not being shaped and formed by what the Holy Spirit is saying to us about who we are, we premise there's only two ruling forces on the earth. The New World Order, which is spearheaded by white males, and the kingdom of God. And the dominant thing that the New World Order uses is race. It's more effective than sex, more effective than class, I believe. Brother Kenwood, please. I mean, God, I asked about the Kenwood drop. And y'all know the rule when you drop this time of night. Well, anyway, he was closing up the show anyway. He tried his best. He was on a sale, and I think his phone was acting because he was saying he could hear me earlier. But I really enjoyed him hanging out with me as long as he could. Folks, listen, like I say on every show at the end, I love every single one of you, 
and there's nothing you can do about it. I appreciate you listening tonight. I promise you, please stay with me on Sunday nights. I'll next week probably not repeat nothing I said tonight. And probably the next eight, nine, ten, twenty shows, I may very seldom repeat myself. Uh, probably just repeat some of the themes, but there's so much new things I have to share. So many things the Father share with me. Uh, meeting certain people, seeing certain things, uh, revelation here, revelation there, word of knowledge here, word of knowledge there. There's different things that I've learned over the years in in, 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 in talking about this this germ, this ideology, this ideology, this this religion called white supremacy. Um, so just bear with us. We're moving. It's probably still in probably year one, but again, I'm. Some of y'all heard some things that you probably never heard before, but think about it. Pray about it. Ask the Father, what did he have? Why did he bring you across our path? Pray that. Ask the Father, what's in it? How can you benefit from this? Because, brothers and sisters, I was praying for the sick, and many of them was getting healed back in the day. And I still do today, but not as much as I used to. But the Father was using me mightily, and then he showed me that I was full of white supremacy and I was sick. I was done. It was the biggest blow, one of the biggest blow ever to my spiritual walk. But it was true. And he is waking up others like he woke up me to get out of white supremacy and to start seeing yourself only the way he see you, seeing the, your brothers and sisters the way he see you. And here's a good one, seeing so-called white people the way he see them. Good night, everybody. We'll see you on tomorrow night when we have the crew, and then we'll do another show on Thursdays as well, three times a week now. Uh, blog talk will, on, on Blog Talk will be programming, okay? See you tomorrow. Good night. Yeah, what's up? I'm going to kick it with the line, y'all know. Yo, Slim, can I take it right here? Here we go. Well, it's time to make that change. People of the world today are fading.
people of the world today are fading. All of us have our ups and downs. You better think about it or you won't be around. What we need is a little bit of love. Sent by one from heaven up above. Think of it is simple and plain. This ain't no game. You know what I'm saying. 